This is Morgan Berry, the voice of 13 from My Hero Academia. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news, special guests, and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Welcome back, and I hope everybody's having a great week. I just want to give a big shout-out before we even start, and a thank you to my man, Matt Papa, all the way from Japan. He got a chance to con- uh, connect with me to talk about all the things going on at his headquarters over at NT Creates in Japan, and I love that company. I love what they're doing. They are keeping retro gaming alive, and you know all of the classic style of super nes games and nes games that we love and they're bringing it back in a big way in a better way and i just absolutely great if you played dragon mark for death they were responsible for that if you play bloodstained curse of the moon they're responsible for that as well as especially their kind of flagship uh, game and that's azura striker gun vault which is partially included with kg inafune actually not even partially he has he has a big say on a lot of things going on in that company i believe um but he, you know, him along with a lot of other developers and producers uh, who are responsible for a lot of Mega Man classic games that you guys all played is in that company. So, you know, you're in good hands over there and they've been doing a lot of great stuff over there. So be sure to check out the interview. It's up right now. It's on TalkTimeLive.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube and many more, of course. So go out of your way to check that out. But thank you for that this week, however. We're going to talk about The Umbrella Academy, a series on Netflix based on a comic book I, I, admit, I admit I never really heard of. And of course, and I found out why, it's from Dark Horse Comics. I never really, truth be told, I never really read any Dark Horse comic books, at least to my knowledge. I was always aware of the type of genres that they would do, that a lot of dark, edgy, gritty uh, grungy style of uh, comics, but I was never really into those. And lo and behold, Dark Horse Comics was way ahead of their time, especially when it came to like indie indie style comic uh, 
books and you know really innovative storytelling they were really ahead of their time they've been doing this stuff for a long time they they always were good for going out of the box of that which is you know image marvel and and uh dc now image also was supposed is more like dark horse now than ever you know but dark horse comics was like the the before our time gritty you know comic book style and they still around it obviously to this success they have a series out on netflix right now and we're going to talk about that on our talk topic of the week so stay tuned for that but for now we got some news going on in our favorite fandom so let's not waste any time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg folks to start this off we're going to continue with the saga of Vic Mignogna and the sexual misconduct allegations uh a new statement has been brought upon from Vic stating that he now confirms representation for a lawsuit against those who have accused him not everybody but mostly the people that have really stood out towards uh I guess say damning him for you know allegations and such uh and that and also who have pushed him away from any any possible of him making any money and doing his job that being rooster teeth uh funimation those are the only two that has really done anything uh viz has not made a move at all on this situation and uh, i guess they're waiting out to see because he has done work for that company as well he is nagato on uh naruto shippuden so uh yeah he is very well vested in that company as well i mean amongst other characters that he actually have played for the company yeah again viz has not made any moves yet as to whether they were going to release him or not at least i haven't heard anything from that but uh he's played not only that character but he's probably played some other characters as well for them guaranteed he's done a ton of characters over the years but more importantly here Vic has made a statement recently and now he is hiring legal representation and decided to work with a law firm to fight back. But not only that, a man by the name of Nick Rakita, who is a legal consultant and a lawyer himself, fan and friend of Vic Mignogna, uh, has expressed his views on the situation via a YouTube uh, segment that he's done, which has kind of gotten out there it's it's partially viral i mean we a lot of eyes have been seeking on that and not only that as a result he has started a gofundme page that uh to help vic with his legal expenses which will help defend his name vic has addressed uh nick's actions of course as well as this gofundme account by saying uh and this is the statement that he put in words cannot express the depth of my gratitude for all the kindness and support that has been shown to me over the last few weeks. I had hoped that my apologies and acknowledgments, both public and private, would would be received. But I have now, uh, I'm sorry, I have now very reluctantly retained a law firm as my last and only recourse to attempt to salvage my reputation uh, in my 20 years, uh, 20 year career in the industry. 
a friend expressed a di- desire, and that friend, I guess, being Nick R- uh, Rakita, uh, a friend expressed a desire to set up a GoFundMe for legal expenses. I approve uh, his kind of offer, and I am so grateful, but I am not managing it, nor will I personally receive any of it. Any surplus will go to Salvation Army, Dallas Domestic Violence and Abuse Shelters. I had no malice towards anyone. I love my work and the fans and sincerely wish to continue. So from that statement alone, uh, yeah, he's fighting back. He Again, we talked about this last week that he did make a statement, uh, both video and written on Twitter and saying that he uh, it basically was an apology saying if I ever offended anybody, you know, it was not my intention to do so. And, you know, this is something that I'm going to have to change. I'm going to seek legal. I'm going to seek uh, not legal counsel. Um, I'm going to seek counseling towards it. And he feels that, like, after that, people are still attacking him. And this is the part where he's going to fight back. And again, I, I, you know, whether it whether we'll know the results of all this when the courts settle, when everything's said and done, hopefully, you know, I've I watched the. The video from uh, Nick Rakita, and I agree. I hope that it doesn't result in going to court. I hope that it does end up in some form of a sort of kind of settlement where you know things. I mean, because it's like he did admit, you know, and apologize in his own way, apologize to the situation. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't deny it. He really owned up to it in a way of saying that he was unaware of his doings. He had no. There was no intention towards it. So. You know, and whether that is or not, we I just only time will tell. We'll know soon enough. But he has owned up to it. And I this is the part where I have to give him credit, because, again, me personally, as a person who was literally at the time arrested for mistaken identity and, and wrongful accused of a uh, wrongful arrest of something I clearly didn't do. I spoke out on it immediately. There's no way I'm going to sit up, sit back and hide. I have nothing to hide. There's absolutely nothing to hide. I'm going to speak up on it. I'm going to let people know that this is happening. And I did, you know, and I truly believe and I could be wrong, but I believe in my heart of hearts that I'm right about this, that when people are accused of doing wrong, their natural instinct is to react to that the accusation, especially if it's not true. People will absolutely react immediately to it because it's just not in their character and you don't you didn't invest to build in that character that you've done. So I'm not saying I'm not uh, you know, I'm not really defending Vic in this case, but I'm saying that this is could be a possibility of what's happening here. And we'll see. We'll just see if he's done. I know. I just know that I've again, he's been on the show twice. Uh, he was a very nice and genuine guy, and that's what the way he appeared. And you know, sometimes that does help a factor. There's a ton of people who also have backed it up and said it. And speaking of the GoFundMe page, the GoFundMe page is really interesting because that has uh, raised a lot of money as of recent. I'm looking at it now. The goal is $100,000. His actual fund so far raised is $63,750. That's a lot of support. <laughs> that is a really a lot of support here. So, And is it, you know, from constant fans that have put it together. So 
I don't know if this is going to take courses. Actually, it's been raised by 2,198 people in the course of four days. So this has actually gotten out. This has gotten viral. Um, this is interesting. I mean, the saga continues. We'll see. But the fact that he is fighting back on this, that's saying a lot. I and Again, I know people who are victims of misconduct or abuse or you know, be, uh, predatorial behavior and the people that are accused, some of them aren't even, they're ignoring it completely. They're hiding from it and they're hiding in plain sight and they're not addressing it. And to me, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I, you know, again, he's defending his name. I got to give him credit for at least he's fighting back, whether he will win this case I will see. But again, he owned up to what he was saying via the statement he made last week. So, you know, I mean, there's nothing else to do. He owned up to it. He apologized in his own way. And he's trying to just redeem his value. I mean, will there be forgiveness for those? Probably not. There, there are people who are just going to, you know, hate just for the sake of hate. And there are going to be people I, and again, I say this, this is always going to be a case-by-case situation with me. And it should be a case-by-case with everybody because there are some things that people have done that are unforgivable. But that everybody, I don't think, should be put in the same boat as certain other people. Like, we just talked about, we just uh, discovered R. Kelly is finally indicted for 10 charges of the crimes that, he, that he's been running away from, that he's been... I, I can't even, uh, you know, articulate the words to say what that man has really has done. There's not enough words to say it. But not only did he never own up to it, I mean, we had to find out the hard way. And now that we find out, he's going to be he's going to be put away for quite a while. And a grand jury has already made their settlement on that, and that it is what it is. He did some really, really insane things to people. This, to me, is slightly different, and you can't compare this to that. That, to me, is unforgivable, mostly because he did not own up to it. He kept doing it over the years, and he kept trying to get away with it. Vic doesn't come off like he... The way his actions towards the situation is that he is not backing down to this. He never even tried to back down to this. He op- He owned up to it. He spoke about it. He addressed it. He made statements, you know... To me, that to me that just speaks volumes, to me, you know, and that absolutely says a lot to me as somebody again who's been in somewhat of a similar situation of being accused of something that I didn't do. So, and I'm telling you, I, I would, you know, when I got arrested and wrongfully accused, some say racially profiled, I literally keep, I, I, I literally keep thinking like. What if that happened now? I mean, so many things can happen if that happened in this generation because of our ideology and how we think. I mean, I I was arrested during a time when we didn't we weren't in a state of fear, where it was just like whatever. <laughs> now we're in a this generation because of everything that happened dating back probably to September 11th and things have been changing since then. We have we are now in a state of fear for so many reasons. And this new generation that has, you know, grown up, this millennial generation that has grown up, it it literally has, it's like, shoot first, ask questions later. 
because they fear. And that's exactly what it is. People fear. And you gotta you got you can't go about it every single time that everybody gets accused of something, you're gonna just automatically burn them at the stake or you know drown them or whatever like that it has to be thoroughly a you know evaluated thoroughly case by case and his actions to me the fact that he's going out of his way to do all of this and trust me I, there are people out there who have really have done things like this who don't want to be upfront with it and they hide they hide they try to hide so much about it and you know there are people unfortunately who don't see it who think that they're smart enough to detect it but don't or refuse to believe that it's happening but Vic has not stopped you know stepping up to this since day one well I don't want to say since day one since the allegations have been have heated up you know, because this has been I, apparently this has been going on since 2007, uh, 10, actually. And, you know, in this in this situation, you know, it finally caught fire. And now people are, you know, jumping on it like they've been on it for God knows how long. And not everybody has all the information. None of us have really have all the information on it. Uh, I hope to actually hear more from uh, Nick Rakita. I actually reached out to him and he did respond back and said that he would love to come on the show to talk about um, the situations at hand and his belief on possibly how Vic can win this case in this in this lawsuit that he's uh, that he's going to be doing. So hopefully, I could get we could work together to get him on soon to talk about that. I'm really interested. I actually had uh, my client have a uh, lawyer, Sam Anier. Uh, talk about you know the victims and how they can uh how they can actually uh file suit to situations like that and you know the, the rules and regulations on and laws that can goes uh that goes about it i think nick can give us a different perspective of the person being accused in this case so that's why I hopefully i can get him on the show to really talk about that because this is like the shoe on the other foot we don't rare we rarely get people who fight back when they're accused you know, this is one of the first rare cases. I don't want to say the first, but this is one of the rare cases where, you know, you have somebody who's being accused of a epidemic situation that is going on in our country right now. And he's fighting back. He's fighting back. He's he stood tall pretty much through this whole thing. And, you know, I would like to get a, another perspective on it. So hopefully we can get him on soon to talk about that as well. But again, the saga continues and we'll see how this goes from this point on. So. Uh, we'll of course uh, bring back any news if they, as things develop from there so let's switch on to some more comic book news and more comic book TV show news Cloak and Dagger season 2 the trailer is here it's coming April 4th with a, an announced that it'll come with another 2 hour season premiere if you haven't seen the first Cloak and Dagger season on Freeform go out of your way Freeform has some some underrated hidden gems on that show like Grownish um there's a few other shows that i watch on air a couple other shows but cloak and dagger is the absolute primary other show that i watch on air and it is awesome it is absolutely an awesome series they did a great job it is within the marvel cinematic universe um i believe it is also connected to the runaways and such like that i hope that they do a crossover with them in the runaways because that would be so awesome in there and uh because lo and behold i believe 
Runaways is playing on Freeform as well, at least the first season is playing on there as well. And to see all of those come together, oh, that would be ridiculously cool. So hopefully we'll see that. But within this trailer, we see the two working together to stop some sort of a sex uh, trafficking uh, situation in Louisiana. So that's their main storyline there. The trailer also hints that Cloak is actually going to have a new Cloak made for him this season. So hopefully that also means that uh that uh dagger will also have her outfit as well or how they will work i don't know if she's gonna um you know they're gonna cgi her with all like light or whatever like that i'm not sure how they're gonna work that but i want to see that by the end of the season i would love to see that happen um the trailer hinted um not the trailer hinted actually that's my other notes um we also got a chance to see detective o'reilly come back aka mayhem which she's totally changed based on that accident that she had at the end of the uh of the season of season one so now she's in full mayhem mode and she's also going out her way to take matters into her own hands to stop the sex trafficking as well but she's going to do it in a way that's probably going to no pun create mayhem <laughs> indeed so you can find this show on freeform which is used to be abc family it's on cable right it's on the cable uh network right now uh freeform is a disney owned uh sister channel to abc and all that such uh and you can also find the first season i believe on hulu so go out of your way to check it out catch up and uh go on from there um now the bad news and the sad news but not surprising it's been announced it's official the punisher and jessica jones have been canceled from netflix jessica jones has been canceled before the third before the third season has come but do know that the third season is still coming it just will be the final season they announced that earlier to, um uh, earlier this week and it's sad but you know we knew this was coming we absolutely knew this was coming and even more now i think more people are convinced that they're moving the 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 uh shows to disney plus or somebody else is going to take it there's no way that all of these shows are going to sit and laying and, and collecting dust on a shelf there's no way. Absolutely no way. I think everybody's knowing that too, but there's probably some non-disclosed uh, agreements saying that they can't say a damn thing. And to Netflix contractual agreement, probably not for two years, they can't say a damn thing. So we'll see what's going on there and, and hopes that we'll get more developments. I, I, I you know, it's probably going to be on a Disney Plus and I hate it because that means another payment how much do people can really afford all these streaming networks and it's so we're, we're, people are gonna have so many streaming networks now they're not even using all of them guaranteed uh so we'll stick to that we'll see what happens but in the meantime jeff Loeb of marvel has stated and promised that the defenders will see the light of day he didn't express where but he does say they're gonna see the light of day uh jeff mentioned that uh his network partners aka netflix uh have may have decided not to uh, to no longer want to continue telling us te telling the tales of these great characters but you know marvel better than that he goes on to quote a line from matt murdoch's uh, dad on daredevil saying the measure of a man is not how you, he gets knocked down to the map but how he gets back up i swear that's a rocky quote <laughs> but nonetheless um, they will be back in some format and some, hopefully some channel and not, or even if they do, I just want to put them on Hulu. 
<laughs> I pray, but they're not because Disney needs content and it's not going to happen. I would be very surprised if they even acquire, if, if Hulu acquires it because they're about, I think they're in a course of being uh, acquired to maybe by Disney or something like that. So I don't know what's going on. We'll see. Uh, we will see. But that's it for that. But last bit of things, uh, thoughts and news I wanted to talk about. I got a chance to see the both episodes of Doom Patrol. You know, I got to give DC Universe credit. They are developing some really good content on there. You know, I've I, I've only spoke good things about the uh, channel. My only disdain is that we're paying more for another channel and everybody's trying to stretch your wallet. But with that said, if you're a DC fan, you are to be a happy fan because they are producing some really good stuff. I actually did like the Titans. It was good. It was a it was a good not very it's it was a good first season but not strong. Young Justice, however, was a, it was stronger than ever. That show was amazing. It was well worth the long wait that we were waiting for. But Doom Patrol is really kicking into gears. It's only second episode and it's looking to be a hell of a great show. They got a hell of a great cast. Uh, what is it? Um, my God. Timothy Dalton is in there as the, as the professor. Um, oh, my God. I, I'm brain farting. Um, Brendan Fraser as, as um, you know, ro- the robot man. Uh, you got, who else? The girl from Orange is the New Black which now I see why she ended up leaving the show a couple episodes back. So I like her in here. I forgot her name, but she uh, plays Jane, who's like has most like almost over 60 personalities and each one has different powers, which is chaotic as hell. And uh, I mean, they just they got a really tight nip group. They got um, the actress who played Candy on Two and a Half Men on air, who's playing uh, Elastigirl. Uh, just phenomenal. I, I really love it. There are similarities. And there are, there are already people comparing similarities to this in Umbrella uh, Academy, but slight differences. Slight. I mean, if you count the format and, and the premise of everything, there's some there's some similarities and some differences to it. But I wouldn't go too deep on it because I do believe there's some different things going on with this with that show and what's going on with the Umbrella Academy. So it. Um, I I look forward to actually getting a chance to see the entire season. It, it drew me in the first episode, but the second episode really, really kicked it. So I'm looking forward to um, investing in that. And again, I love the fact that I can just go in and go out of DC Universe. At least they make it open for that. So that's awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back and review the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Dark Horse Comics live action series. We'll check that out right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things 
ACMG. Hey, this is Mega Rand, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is our review of the Umbrella Academy, Dark Horse Comics' new live-action series from Netflix. And I got to say, I've never heard of this book at all. I'm not a comic book fan of Dark Horse Comics. I never was, uh, you know, especially during the 90s. Uh, they were just, they were a type of genre that I never got in with back then. Um, they were very edgy, very cryptic, dark, if you will. They just went out of the box and, you know, kind of very ambitious, aggressive, you know, storytelling that just wasn't my cup of tea back then. Um, lo and behold, Dark Horse Comics was kind of ahead of their time in spearheading this generation that we have now, such innovative writing and such going on like that. And, I again, this was my opportunity to see what this intellectual property had to offer, and I gotta say, I was highly impressed. I was, I enjoyed this series very much. It's a ten episode series that tells the story of, I believe, uh, these kids who just happen to all be born at the same time. Not only they were born at the same time, the the women that were in labor with them were never even pregnant until the, all on the same day of October of 1989. So that was the weird thing. And then lo and behold, uh, which a doctor came along, Dr. Uh, or Sir Reginald Har, uh, Hargreaves actually came along and quote-unquote adopted. He actually just paid them to keep the kids. And he was aware of their abilities. And each one of these kids had abilities along the way. So they wind up, you know, he wound up training them a la, you know, Charles Xavier, but not exactly in a Charles Xavier type of way. More, his style of training was more like torture <laughs> for these kids. And they're kids, you know, trying to, you know, live their lives. And instead, he is a very distant guy and he's trained these guys. So lo and behold, they all grow up with the news that he passed away. And they all reunite as a result of that. But it's not just that black and white. Some things don't sound right. And this whole entire thing becomes a murder mystery, if you will, into something even bigger. And it even involves time traveling. It even involves some other secrets that come along. If you've read the comic, I guess a lot of what's going on here has probably happened in the comic book with a few changes itself. But I'm coming in to this series as a totally a, a total newbie and unaware of what the comic book has to offer here so I'm I'm the casual fan in this one right here but as a casual fan I can tell you I really enjoy the performances I enjoy the stories I enjoy the character direction I there's not one person I did not like at the same time as much as I'm praising this show, I both love and hate this show because, in a great way, because of some of the developments that some of these characters have done. And I can safely say Barry Allen and the other time traveling group, the Legends of Tomorrow, you guys are off the hook because you guys did not screw up 
anything as bad as what these guys screw up as uh, screwed up as far as time traveling and altering the future or whatnot. It's just ridiculous. But things get really crazy here. The characters are awesome. I absolutely enjoyed the character, um, the characters here, and just such a great cast. Um, Ellen Page is probably the biggest name in this series thus far. I mean, without a doubt, you know her as um, Kitty Pride. Um, on the X-Men series and Juno and you know just she's she's made a name you know here's the thing going on a side note people talk so much crap about the X-Men series but on the real the X-Men series has allowed a lot of people within those cast whether it was the first cast or the recent cast with the with the recent group there's so many people and actors and actresses that have gotten so much more opportunities because of their uh, involvement with the X series, no matter what it was. Ellen Page played Kitty Pride, and she stood out every single time she was on those films. Um, there are other people who stood out in the X-Men films as well. Hugh Jackman, of course, stood out and made a name for himself because of that. So I, I really, it really boggles me when people really hate on the X series. But if the X series was not good or even great, to that extent and i'm not talking about x3 if any of those films flopped you would not see any of these actors and actresses out venturing making other success elsewhere it just does not happen they clearly got it because of where they're involved with um it just amazed me that people always try to you know denounce that and again and i'll go to chris evans with um fantastic four fantastic four made that man that man was made because of that. His performance as Johnny uh, Johnny uh, Storm led to him becoming Captain America because he was a standout character in that. So that movie, to me, was never bad because of the performances in there. I, people were... It, it, ah, screw the internet. I digress. But Ellen Page was really... I don't want to say she was a main character in this. She was far from a main character. But they did a great job at really hiding what's really going on with her. And I'm going to try not to spoil this as much as possible because it's still fresh out there. And But her her being the person without powers in this really played a factor much into the uh, series. And it goes deep into her psyche and everything that went on with her as far as being isolated from the other group because they had powers and you know they really did a good job and what was going on through her head and how she handled things and whatnot and it was really good and great twist going on in this show at you know as you go along with everybody involving everybody here it's really cool uh things do unravel as time goes by through the 10 episodes here you got tom hopper who played luther uh hargraves uh which is funny the the luther character it was the reason why I say I love and hate this uh, this series because he's supposed to be, Luther's supposed to be the leader, yet Luther does the dumbest things and makes the dumbest decisions I've ever seen any leader has ever done. But with that said, you put that all aside. He is a very heartwarming character. You gotta love what he does and how he is, and he's trying to adapt and deal and cope with this altered body of his. This altered ape like body that he has to take under because of his venture out into the moon thanks to uh reginald harvey's um hargreaves 
And, you know, or daddy is what they call him. And, you know, he had to deal with that. He was the only person that really stuck by their father throughout this entire uh, situation. You know, still up until the time when he died, he still stuck with him to that part. But I thought he did a really good job. Um, And here's a funny part, too. We joked about we we joke about this a lot. This show proved one thing. They definitely proved something with the show. Rob Liefeld is a good artist. (laughs) And I say that because if you look at his body frame and his head, that's a Rob Liefeld style of art, art style. Rob Liefeld would always draw these absolutely outrageously big body frames on a character, sometimes with smaller heads and whatnot. And they managed to do CGI, make a CGI version of this guy, you know, with this body. And it's ridiculously crazy, but it looks so cool. It's hard to say you can't, you can't, you, people would always argue about Rob Liefeld, but you see this character and with this body frame, come on, man, you got to give him credit for that, <laughs> at least to say, you got to give him a little bit more credit. He, it's not to say he's a perfect artist at all. He has had his flops and we all as artists had our flops, but you know, this kind of proves, this kind of once again proves it. Plus there are people in real life that really do have body frames much like what Rob Lightfield has done. Have you seen the chef that used to cook for um, President Obama? That dude is ridiculous. His arm is ridiculous. It's bigger than some people's head. So, and there's another guy, there's another bodybuilder out there that's like re- monstrosity, <laughs> monstrously huge uh, out there. And it's and it's been uh, floating over the internet for over years. So, you 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 kind of gotta you know you gotta give uh, Rob Liefeld some slack here, but I love the CGI that they put on uh, Luther here with Tom Hopper. Uh, he is already a very tall guy as is, but you add that element to it, it looks awesome. I loved what they did. It, they brought him to life in such a great way, and I've seen the illustration, the illustrated version of the character, and I've seen this. I'm like, yeah, this looks cool. I, I really did uh, enjoy this. Um, David Castaneda. Uh, he played Diego, uh, another good favorite character, but another character that also at some point got on my nerves to a point that he would always, he's that character that always, you know, takes matters into his own hands. And then in hindsight, always screwing things up to some extent, um, you know, the shoot first, ask questions later type of guy. But he also had his moments in here where, you know, it was more heartfelt and, you know, he wasn't all much of a numbskull either throughout the times. But when the times when you really needed him to be a that spareheaded guy, he was he's pretty much there. Uh, Amy Rayer Lamp, uh, Lampman as Allison. Beautiful woman. Great talent. Uh, she did a really great job here. Um, I like her. I like her uh, chemistry with Luther. It felt real. And everything that was going on from that point, and I love her power, which is like she whispers to you and pretty much hypnotizes you. There also, I also like the reveals of things that the, you know her gift, her her ability is a gift and a curse, and you do see that throughout the entire movie as to why it is both a gift and a curse, and how she has probably used it unethically 
if you will. So, I mean, this the, the great part about this series is that it there's a lot of feeling of this film reminds uh, very reminiscent of the Watchmen. In a way, you got these superheroes that you know were playing that were growing up to be superheroes, but they got their own problems. They got their own issues as well, and they not they don't all do good. They don't all play nice. You know, this is they showing a real side of you know you know heroes that you never get a chance to see, or at least back in the day during the golden age of comics, you don't ever see. But now you see it more often these days. And this is like the curtain just being pulled back and you get to see what's really going on with these guys. Robert Sheehan as Klaus, which apparently is a fan favorite of many. And I got to agree. He, he's cool. He, um, he has the ability to actually uh, conjure up, you know, the, the dead and actually utilize them in, in different ways. But he's so freaked out. He's been freaked out since he's a kid and heavily traumatizes a kid because of the fact. And the training that he uh, went under with his father, that he decided to become an addict to try to run away from all of that which is going on. And he is one of the characters in here that a lot of people draw near because you kind of want to hope for this character to recover and get through his situations and you know, be able to understand what's going on. So uh, Klaus is a really great character and he develops really good as time goes by. He's also the comic relief to some extent of this uh, series as well. But kudos to him. He, he did a tremendous job, all 10 episodes here. I think the biggest focus, one of the biggest standout performances here had it been Aiden Gallagher. Aiden Gallagher, I, I know a lot of people don't recognize that name. But Aiden Gallagher has played, I guess, in a ton of different... He practically almost, you could say, was owned by... Um, owned by... What can I say? By Nickelodeon, because he's done a ton of Nickelodeon shows. And he's now... This is pretty much... I believe this probably is his coming of age uh, you know, performance right now. Because he. this was a very adult-oriented show. And he was able to do and say things that he's never been able to do in those Nickelodeon shows at all. In fact, I can compare him to Hit Girl on uh, Kick-Ass. This is pretty much what he was. But in here, he plays, I believe, like a 46-year-old or or like even a 60-year-old uh, character in a kid's body due to his time traveling uh, abilities so he came back to the past you know to the past because he found out that there was a you know armageddon's coming with only a few days left and him and the team have to find a way to stop it this is when all hell breaks loose and everything goes wrong for the team because they they do a lot of things that i don't even think uh team flash and them have ever done or the legends of tomorrow's even done to screw up time in here so um He's been in a lot of Emmy Award winning shows as well, but even more, more in particular here, and I got to read this from uh, I, IMDB, which I felt was very interesting. This guy's a prodigy. This kid is a prodigy. He's only 15 years old. He had an outstanding performance in this show, and I, I read up on him, and apparently something really cool in 2018 uh september 2018 actually aiden was asked to uh by the united nations to speak 
at the Global Climate Summit for Governor Jerry Brown in San Francisco uh, to the world leaders representation of youth of the world. In October 2018, Aiden met up with the United Nations leaders at the UN headquarters in New York and was invited to the United Kingdom government and Prince William to host the summit uh, on illegal wildlife trade in London and introduced the Duke of Cambridge to the stage. That is amazing. For a kid to be honored to do stuff like, I mean, like this is, this guy, I, I need to keep an eye on this kid because this kid I think is going to go I knock on wood, anything can happen, but the performance that he did here and the things that I'm reading about this kid, we're going to see a lot from him because this guy, this, this, this kid had a lot going on with himself and you could just hear the maturity in this kid's voice and, and the way he, you know, portrayed himself, it was just how it was awesome. I, I thought he was, honestly, he was my favorite character and actor of this entire series. And, I, and that's saying a lot because everybody in this in this um, series did a hell of a lot. They did awesome in here, but because of the role that he was playing, the things that he was doing, and the maturity level that he projected in this character, it's unbelievable. I absolutely love it. It was just like, I don't think you could get any kid to be that adult and be able to handle that. But Considering everything that he's done, it all makes sense. So, you know, Aiden Gallagher, he rocked. He absolutely rocked in here. And again, this kid is only 15 and nailed it. You know who else nailed it in this movie? I mean, in this, ser- in this series that I absolutely love and did not realize that uh, this person was on here. Mary J. Blige, the queen of R&B, the queen of hip-hop, as some would, some would say. The legend. She's been in a lot of acting roles lately, and... There's a reason why. I love this new format in her life. She deserves every bit of it. I love her. Truth be told, I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, maybe rather through friends or whatever like that or on the show. She had an album. Her second album, her sophomore album, My Life, came out years ago when I was in high school. And I was going through some tough times. And let me tell you, man, that album really got me through uh the song the title song my life awesome absolutely awesome it helped me get through a lot of dark times in my life and i she is a hero to me and it which is crazy because it's like later on in her career i don't know how many people she thinks she thinks she's affected but she was she's definitely going to uh speak about you know a lot of female issues way before the Me Too movement, way before all this, you know, is going on. She's been she's been about it. Her, Queen Latifah, all of them. They've been about really showing empowerment for women through so long. And I greatly dig that. But she got to understand, and I hope she does, that her music has affected a lot of people more than just uh, women. It helped me. It literally saved my life to some extent. And I, I if I ever get a chance to see her, I will definitely... Probably, I don't know. I don't know if I would just like humbly, you know, uh, thank her or just break down and cry <laughs> at this point because that's how it was real back in the day in my, in my um, teenagehood. So, you know, to see her hair and, and be able to portray Cha Cha in here, she did, she did absolutely, fan, uh, I want to say fantastic and phenomenal. Phenomenal, if you will. Um, she did awesome hair. It was like, it was short, sweet, 
cut straight to the point and hard news and she did it she she did a great job at it i loved her in this show i even loved the fight scenes that she was in i because i'm like where was she for kill bill why did they just add her on for kill bill i don't know if there was i, I almost like to believe that there was a rumor saying that she was supposed to take over that role and vivica fox took over that role but the minute i saw her fighting and playing in these roles i was like yeah they need to do another kill bill <laughs> something i would love to see her do something with tarantino because i think she would do very well doing so but i loved her along with uh cameron britter uh britain who played hazel and you know they played cha-cha uh hazel on this thing and i they, they, um they were great they were great antagonists and you got to actually kind of like them as characters as well it was there was more dimension to them just being bad guys but they, you know, especially Hazel's character, you know, they wanted a little bit more going on here. So I, you know, I'd really dig that aspect too. Um, especially when it, when dealing with the handler and, and stuff like that, which, you know, that character is, I, I expect to see more from that in the due time. Um, then you got Pogo played by Adam Godley. To me was like, um, this character reminded me a lot of, um, Forrest Whitaker on Black Panther. You you know, it was it was that sub parenting role that you had in here. So um, you know, he played he he played the voice of the very highly intelligent talking monkey that actually kind of helped raise the kids as well to some extent, and also was in a very close assistant to um Reginald as well. So, you know, and and things do come about later on with that and again we got uh calm uh fierce fear or uh, hopefully i'm saying his name right who plays sir reginald uh hargreaves and man he you know he reminded me of he was the father that brought and adopted all of the kids but this series also reminded me a lot of like like neon genesis evangelion which if you've seen that anime there's gendo ikari who also did virtually the same thing to uh to his son you know um shinji and shinji was very traumatized at how his his father treated him as well reginald in this case is very much like gendo ikari and very you you really want to hate this guy except you do they do go into his backstory and you kind of understand why he's doing what he's doing you don't have to agree with it but you just did whereas like neon genesis evangelion gendo akari there's no backstory as to why he's doing what he's doing to some extent at least to my knowledge if i remember correctly of watching the uh old series he was just very cold very very cold um with no rhyme or reason as to why he was he was extremely cold at least with reginald you do see that he had you know some backstory and understanding of why he was doing what he was doing so you go through the series and understand why before he dies in that aspect and then you have shelly mccarthy who plays um i'm sorry not shelly mccarthy who plays aggers who plays grace uh here we got um yeah we got i'm sorry jordan claire robbins who plays grace and at first, I didn't understand why how much of a Stepford wife she was, but when I seen how young Reginald was, and then noticed how she stayed the same, I was like, "Oh, she's a robot. <laughs> she's a robot." But then she plays a, a a 
part in the mystery of why Reginald died. And they're trying to find out why their father died from that point. So you got a lot going on there. Um, Justin uh, H. Min played Ben, who was the member of the Umbrella Academy, who unfortunately passed away. And again, I don't really... I swear to goodness, I don't know how he actually died. They never really talk about how he died. I don't know if they're saving that for season two or whatnot, but they don't necessarily talk about how he died or what's going to happen with him in this character. But we do know that uh, Klaus does have him always around to uh, to keep him around. And, and he is an asset. He does become an asset to the group. And you will see that throughout the entire you know, series as to how he ends up becoming a an asset to the group, even after he's dead. So you got him going on. And then you got John McGarrow, Leonard Peabody. He seems like a heartwarming dude. We find out later on there's more to him. Um, he does it well. He plays both roles. He's, you know, he plays this really perfect guy. And then all of a sudden there's something leading into him that comes into it later on. And, Man, does he does he become a force to be reckoned with <laughs> in this case? All of them do. All of them do. And everything comes in full circle eventually, with the exception as to what happens to him at the end. And again, Ben, there's really no answer to him as well. But there's I can tell you this. It looks like there will be a season two. And I hope there will be a season two because this first season was very strong, has a lot of legs to stand on. I definitely look forward to it. I beg the question, does Marvel, you know, with Marvel leaving, is this series a uh, a reconciliation, if you will? Is this a means, uh, or should I even question it, is this life after Marvel? After watching this series, I can definitely say yes, there is. And I know Jeff Lowe mentioned on his statement saying, you know, they're, you know, those guys may not want us at the time. And I'm pretty sure he was talking about Netflix, you know, being very tongue in cheek about Netflix saying they're network partners. Who else is it? Who else is it that is one of, it's obvious that is Netflix. Uh, so it, it made, it made it to seem like Netflix was the reason why they end up not being on their platform. I don't know how true that is because it just, the, all the leads seeing is that, they canceled their series to go to Disney plus maybe I don't we don't know what deals contractual deals went off for it but nonetheless this movie this series gives not only Dark Horse an opportunity to shine for their company but maybe other companies as well image is still out there which uh with um comic book uh stuff coming in you know they can benefit from Netflix I mean there's a there's still a lot of good market for comic book continuity uh in live action or animated form so we will see but the umbrella uh academy if you haven't seen it go check it out because i give this a plus absolutely even though it did annoy me in some cases and i won't reveal what annoyed me at least not on the podcast at least but there were some very well annoying moments from some characters uh in there that it's like Things could have went a whole different direction here if they did. But it was a lot of fun, intriguing. Character development's awesome. Storytelling's awesome. Uh, performances are absolutely outstanding. Especially, again, Aiden Gallagher. 
got to give him a shout out again. Uh, he was he was outstanding here. I look forward to seeing not only him back on the show, all of them back on the show, um, hopefully, but seeing him perform in other things later on. Because I think there is, you know, the rocket is the rocket is going to um, be put on his back and it's going to go far. <laughs> that's that's damn for sure so go out of your way to check it out this is an awesome series and that is all i have for that ladies and gentlemen that will do it for this edition of acmg presents talk time live now next week next week i am not going to be doing a show i'm going away and t- um got some things i gotta uh do and go on but next week we're leading into the week after is Captain Marvel. So we're definitely going to be doing a show for that and review that. Not only that, shout out to uh, some of my ACMG members uh, in Philly on the Facebook group. We're going to be doing our outing again. Uh, we're heading over to Movie Tavern in uh, Flower Town, PA, and a few of us are going to hang out, uh, about 11 of us so far, if I'm correct. Uh, we're going to hang out, have some fun, watch Captain Marvel, eat some really great food, and you know, get out into the real world. We're going to take the red pill and get out of the real world and uh, get a chance to hang out with each other. So, you know, kudos to those. And there may be more coming soon. So if you're in the Philly area, if you're listening to this now, if you're from Philly, if you're part of the ACMG Facebook group, then, uh, you know, come and join us. Get, you know, reserve your seat. I don't know how many seats are there left. I got to check that out, see if it's not sold out yet. But last time I checked, they were filling up fast. So they could be filled up now. I'm not sure, but go out of your way to check it out and join us for that. But if you don't make it for that, we still got... Avengers Endgame, I guarantee you're going to want to make it for that. Movie Tavern, to me, is the prime place. I've been some really good theaters in Philly, in the Philly PA area. My prime area was United Artists IMAX. Nah, Movie Tavern blows them away. And just that comfort experience of being able to have recliner seats and all this stuff is awesome. And, uh, you know, that's our spot right now. There is a spot, a new theater opening up downtown in, the, uh, in downtown Philadelphia. But we'll see. Until that, Movie Tavern is going to be the uh, hot spot for us right now. But we still got Avengers Endgame. We still got Spider-Man Far From Home. So if you miss out on this one, you could definitely head over to the next one and join us there and, and just keep it growing. We, we shouldn't be just online friends. We should be really, you know, if you're fans of all the same thing, we need to keep the community going, keep it positive and keep it going for more than just online virtual world we need to bring it out to the real world as well it's the only way we're going to bring peace and unity to each other so let's keep it going and keep it growing from there but we will and should have a select start podcast this week and maybe some other podcasts with some guests coming along Uh, i'll keep you in gear but i am talking with people right now and again uh nick our Rikita trying to see if when he can be on and we can talk about that as well so um let's stay tuned for all that and much much more but for now ladies and gentlemen thank you on behalf of myself this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is ACMG presents talk time live I am out of air people once again protect and save your friends and family from any type of harm and be the hero that they need when they can't be the hero for themselves take care
episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.